like when people say whoa you did iron man like that's like cool or whatever i'm like yeah like it's cool but you know you could do one too if you just train for it um i thought the most funny thing about my iron man experience was i, I think it was like 24 25 miles into the run <laughs> like this legit 80 year old passed me like he he zoomed past me and i was just like how embarrassing so yeah i think it was i thought it was so funny and it just goes to show like if you just put the time in for it like really anybody could do it i'm not special because of it or anything like that it's just something that i decided to do you know Hey guys, thanks for joining the first ever episode of my podcast. I created this podcast because I realized I know a bunch of dope people who are very knowledgeable and passionate about different areas in their lives that I may not be so knowledgeable in. So a podcast was the perfect way to have intentional conversations about those people's wealth of experiences in life and hopefully promote learning and growth in myself and whoever listens. Today, I'm talking with Jimmy Gilly. He's an old friend that I've known for years, and we've had many great memories together. We met in high school and played on the basketball and soccer team for three years together, winning zero championships. Then we went to the same college and both took a gap year together, um, and we taught at a small Christian school in Pompeii, Micronesia. It was just a tiny tropical island in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Beautiful. We then lived together in an apartment when we got back to college, uh, so I'm sure through all that time together, we've each become slightly more like the other person. But one thing I've never taken from Jimmy is his love for running. Jimmy is a huge runner and has completed multiple marathons, ultra marathons, and even an Ironman. He's training right now for his first 100 mile run coming up in a couple weeks. Wild. Long distance running is definitely the subject of this episode, but there are also some other interesting stories that we've experienced that we get to tell at the beginning and also at the end of this episode. So stick with us till the end, especially if you want to hear about some wild Alaskan uh, salmon fishing stories. So enjoy episode one. Also, because this is the first episode and we had to go through Zoom, there are a couple audio bugs, but just at the beginning. So thanks for bearing with me through my learning experience as well. Jimmy Gilly, thanks for uh, being my first ever guest on this this exciting podcast. <laughs> my pleasure. Uh, you guys have, may have heard a little background of Jimmy. I'm sure if you're watching this or listening to this, you probably know who Jimmy is. Uh, we're going to talk about stuff that we haven't done together, but we have done a bunch of stuff together, and it was fun to like look back while I was like getting this podcast ready and outlined and stuff, and just realizing like how many things we have actually done together. <laughs> Um, yeah. we started, uh, we both went to Sandy Academy in Missouri and played on the basketball teams together. So that feels like forever ago, but Dude, super good times, except for my freshman year on the team. And this kind of leads into the whole discussion we'll have, but I remember it was the worst thing in the world every morning, waking up at 6am every day of the week to run two miles for basketball practice that was so hard it was the worst it yeah i never wanted to wake up no that was horrible no. i absolutely hated it but we made it to the championship that year at the basketball team. yeah that probably had a big part of it like just being that fit from running every morning yeah it gave me more respect for it but yeah also another thing about in high school we both got to go on on mission trips like three-week trips 
Um, I got to go on a couple to India and to Nepal. We never went on the same trip together, <laughs> but mm-hmm. we both got that experience. Where did you go when, mm-hmm. when you were in high school? Yeah, my senior year, I went to Tanzania. So that was in 2014. And what we were doing there was uh, we built like a school campus type thing. So we did construction during the day. And then um, at night, went out and preached like in the village. Um, So yeah, I did that for three weeks. That was so cool. That kind of like was, I guess, like the um, one of the things that like made me want to be a student missionary in college, too. So I was like, oh, well, that was awesome. That was three weeks. Like, I think it'd be cool to do that, you know, something more long term. Yeah, same for me. Definitely. That was a huge motivation. And if you guys saw the the title to this podcast, you know, a lot of it will be about running and all of Jimmy's races and his experience with that. And we're going to get to that. Um, uh, But we'll talk about some of this stuff first because it's exciting and fits into his story. But yeah, for those who haven't gone to a school that does student missionary things, um, our college, Union College in Lincoln, Nebraska, uh, offers, you can, we can take a whole year off and go as a student missionary somewhere around the world, either teaching or working at a school or all sorts of different stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think our mission experience in the past definitely made us both think at some point in college, we want to take a year off and, and do that like a long term, not just a three-week trip. And I remember, mm-hmm. so it was my freshman year at Union. So, Jimmy, you're a year ahead of me. It was your sophomore year. And it was either you or Sam or, or one of you that started the ball rolling for this. And I just remember you guys coming <laughs> yeah. in. There's a group of five of us friends that were all thinking about taking a year off. And you came in like, guys, what if we all went to Pompeii, Micronesia as student missionaries this year? Yeah, that was so cool. Like, I had always thought about it. And then, like, I just remember, like, talking to, like, you guys and, like, Danny and Sam and Brayden. And, like, you guys were all on the same page. And I was like, oh, sick. Wait, like, we could actually all go somewhere together. Um, And that whole process, like, leading up to going, I feel like that was crazy, too. Just because, um, like, first, like, we found Pompeii, which was, like, perfect location. Like, we were like, oh, it's an island. Like, it looks sick. Like, you can do all these things there on top of, like, doing what you're doing as a teacher. And then, like, just the fact that they had all these open spots that we could all go was, like, the most incredible thing. And then, like, as, like, it got closer to going, like, like, a couple of the spots closed. So I think it was Brayden and Danny weren't going to be able to go. But then, like, I don't know what happened. Like, it was, like, an answer to prayer or something. And, like, they were able to come. And then we were all got to go out there and... That was just the coolest year ever. Yeah, it was wild. Literally, like, perfect college memories. Literally just, like, five of the bros, five of your, like, four of your closest friends and you just going to live on this beautiful tropical island for a whole year. Like, what the heck? <laughs> so sick. Super great memories. And also while we were there, the the high school that we taught at, or I taught high school and Jimmy taught second grade, was it? First grade. First grade. Um, mm-hmm. But the high school had a ba- girls and guys basketball team. And the guys' basketball team already had a coach from the year before, but the girls' basketball team didn't have any coaches. And so they were like, who who out of the student missionaries that are there would like to coach the girls? And so Jim and I were like, sure, <laughs> why not? Yeah. And so that was super fun was coming fun. from, like, playing basketball for years together in high school and then getting to implement a lot of that same, like, coaching techniques or drills and all of that stuff uh, to coach mm-hmm. the girls' team there. Yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. Just, like, 
because I taught first grade, so I didn't like really get a lot of high school interaction. So just, you know, being able to coach, first of all, and like, you know, be involved in basketball during that year off um, was super cool. And then also just, yeah, meeting those girls and like getting to coach them and like, or try to coach them, <laughs> like just doing all that with them was so much fun. And um, yeah, I mean, I don't know about you, but I had a great time coaching them. It was so much fun. I'm almost glad that we got to coach the girls instead of the guys because it was just hilarious every single oh, yeah. day. <laughs> just, oh, yeah. Just, oh, my gosh. I miss, I miss all those students so much. That's a, that's a story for another day. How about that experience? Because there's a million stories we could tell from that. You could talk about Pompeii for forever. Yeah, it was such a great experience. We did make it so the island has, there's like five high schools on the island, and they have this huge basketball tournament, because basketball is like the main sport on the island. They have this huge basketball tournament in December, they call them December games. It's a huge deal, and we won every game of the tournament up until the championship, and then mm-hmm. we lost. We actually kind of got blown out. <laughs> but, yeah, I think we were a little tired by the championship game. Yeah, it was, <laughs> a, know it was a ton of fun. Great experiences. But, Jimmy, yeah. I know, so you taught first grade, and that was a wild experience. Um, I yeah. remember sometimes <laughs> wow. when I was finished teaching, I would walk past your classroom and see you with all your little first graders, and you would either, half the days you'd just be sitting getting a massage from, like, three of them behind yeah. you. <laughs> or one of, one of my favorite times walking by is you were doing, like, art time or something and having them all do art projects and drawing, and you were walking by and, like, rating each one. <laughs> and, like, who's going to have the best, like, drawing? And you walked by that, just, like, yeah. this tiny little cute girl, first grader, and you walked by and you looked over her shoulder at her drawing, like, oh, yeah, you're definitely not winning. <laughs> <laughs> um i can neither confirm nor deny that story <laughs> but um yeah we like to have competitions um and sometimes if they would just scribble over their paper you know they wouldn't win the competition let's just leave it at that <laughs> all right uh before we move past Pompey, tell me about uh, a couple of your favorite students um Man, it's so hard to pick, like, a favorite. Like, you love all of them. But throughout the course of the year, um, I gave them all, like, nicknames and stuff. Um, which I think that a lot of them still have the same nicknames. Um, like, I know that, um, you know, gave the nickname to Cameron on the basketball team that we coached, LeBron. And she's still called LeBron out there. Which is um, really so cool because cool. she, she was a freshman when we, when we coached her. And she showed up mm-hmm. to practice the first day wearing these like nice looking LeBron shoes, and they're like, "Oh, uh-huh. we got LeBron over here!" And she, she's yeah, exactly. a hilarious person. And even now that <laughs> would they have graduated already? I think her, yeah, her. No, class, they did this past year because Taylor, uh, my girlfriend, she coached there th- this past year, and LeBron was still on the team. <laughs> I love that. So the yeah. first day of, pra- of our practice coaching them, we just. Happened to give her this nickname, and four years later, is still going strong. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, I was able to give um, my students some nicknames and stuff. And so I have these two guys, uh, Frustin and NJ, who I nicknamed Spicy Boy and Hungry Boy. Um, and um, just had some, like, they're just so funny. Like, they're just hilarious dudes. Um, just these, like, I mean, just like these husky first grade boys. And um, I just remember one time, like, hungry or uh yeah it was hungry boy came over to me he was like you know he was like mr g 
you know, me and uh, Spicy Boy, we are fat. I'm just like, <laughs> what? Like, I'm just like minding my own business. He's like, we are fat. I'm like, no, you're not. And then he looks at me, like puts his hand on my shoulder. And he just goes, yes, we are. And then he just like walked away. And I was just like, dude, like these kids are hilarious. Like, um, they're so funny. Uh, so that that definitely was an experience that cracked me up. Just the the bold confidence of of him in that situation to tell me that. Um, but all of them, man, they were just my buds. Like I could have talked about them forever. Um, they're just all great kids, and I'm trying my best to teach them. And um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know how it went, but <laughs> I tried my best. <laughs> it's such a wild experience. Like yeah, like none of us had teaching experience before going. And it's, yeah, mm-hmm. it, it kind of throws you off how connected and, like, how much you just grow to, like, love those kids. Cause oh, you yeah, it's spe- crazy. Like, you spend, we're there for, like, ten months, and you spend, like, every single day with them for ten months. Like, how are you not supposed to fall in love with them? Exactly, you just get connected. 100%. Yeah. Anyway, we could have another podcast talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, oh, also on the island, and this... It had one of the best surfing waves in the world, and so yeah, we had some surfers, like famous surfers, coming from like California, Australia. And on one of my flights back to the states, I was actually on the same flight as Kelly Slater. I didn't get to see yeah. him. I was behind him, but that was crazy. If anybody knows anything about surfing, they know who Kelly Slater is, and that's a huge deal. So subtle flex. Yeah. I was on the same flight. <laughs> that's awesome. Jealous, Loki. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. But yeah, after Pompeii, so we were in high school together, played basketball, spent a year overseas together, and then got back from Pompeii, and a couple months later, we had an apartment together. I couldn't think of anything too interesting that happened there, which maybe is a good thing. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Just but, uh, regular uh, school life then. Yeah, not quite as exciting as living on a tropical island. Yeah. But uh, yeah. anyway, so I know in high school, I never would have expected this, or... <laughs> I guess I just don't like running. So anybody who does these crazy races is like, where did that come from? Mm-hmm. Uh, and something I really respect that you've done because it's taken like a ton of energy and a ton of hard work. Um, but before we get into a lot of it, just give me a quick overview of, of like what races you've done and like how many mm-hmm. marathons or like <laughs> just what have you okay. done? Oh, man. Um that's a good question. I'm not sure exactly how many races I've done up, up to this point. I'd have to count. But I've done probably like maybe like four regular marathons, maybe like four, five ultra marathons. Yeah, five ultras. And then I've done half Ironman and I've done a full Ironman. So those are some races. And I've done like half marathons and stuff. Um, but I'm kind of like, I don't know, at least for like the time being, I'm not really like in the marathon or half marathon space anymore. Um, not saying I wouldn't do one, I would, but right now I'm kind of like more into the ultra stuff. And last year I was like doing all the Ironman stuff. And so, th- yeah, those are those are the races I guess I've done. <laughs> yeah, and it makes sense, especially after you've done multiple of those and you know you can do them. It feels like mm-hmm. child's play, <laughs> just doing regular marathons. Yeah. Or even if it's still well, like, hard work, it's not as yeah. obviously not as rewarding anymore. It's just a different it's a different race. Like marathon is a tough race too. like not to hate on marathons at all, just because um, the pace that you're having to run that far for. 
like is very fast like the fast marathon guys are insane and so like there's a ton of respect there too i'm just like i don't know yeah i'm just like on a different path at the moment i think you know so describe quick uh like what an ultra marathon is okay yeah for the listeners out there who don't know um okay or for caleb who doesn't know (laughs) for the listeners of the caleb hawkinson experience um (laughs) the (laughs) an ultra marathon is anything that's over 26.2 miles so obviously like a marathon is 26.2 miles so anything over that i guess technically is an ultra marathon so the shortest distance for that is usually 50k which is 31 miles um and then you can move up to like the 50 mile and then 100k and then 100 mile races and then like the ridiculous races that are like 200 240 miles um there's like yeah there and they can get like crazier than i'm sure but like those are the ones that i kind of know about Um, yeah that's insane so i've done um i guess like the 50k distance i've done like three of those up at this point so um every year so the way i got into ultra marathon i guess um is because i'd run a marathon before and then my friend kincaid hit me up he was like hey man like there's this race in chattanooga called the stump jump 50k like you should we should get like all of our buddies together and like come down and do it and stuff i was like whoa like 31 miles like through the mountains in like you know tennessee i was like that sounds really hard um all right i'll do it and then my friend Danny, I texted him basically the same thing. And he was like, yeah, I'll do it. And Danny went to Pompeii with us too. Um, but yeah, so that was the first one I did. And I loved it because you're basically like just like spending the day like in the woods, in the mountains, like with your buddies, um, getting to some very dark places, learning some like things. I think I got stung by like four hornets that first race and you're like running through streams and stuff. It just feels like a different world. Um, but then when you finish, like, I remember like crossing the finish line and then like my friend Campbell just like coming over and giving me a hug. I just like, I feel like that like memory will forever be ingrained in my mind just because it's like, wow, like that whole day, that whole experience. And like, it just comes to an end and you're just like with your friends. And I don't know, like, I think that my first one probably just had such a positive impact on me that I was like super open to doing more and I did have a good experience. So I don't know. Yeah, I think that's like yeah. how I got into it. Yeah, I love that. So talk to me a little bit about how, because obviously you've run some races just by yourself or or mm-hmm. without people. What's, like, what's the mentality like different in the experience when you're able to run with friends, like something like that, or just run yeah. a marathon like at Florida, like your home, and you just, yeah. it's pretty much just yourself? Um, It definitely like, makes marathons feel a lot shorter like doing these longer events first of all um so it kind of like i don't know like doing the doing the ultra marathons make anything else feel like different um and you don't actually run with your friends that much because everybody goes at different paces um but when i just did the stump jump 50k again a few weeks ago here for the second time uh my friend Kincaid was running with his dad and then his dad eventually ended up you know dropping from the race which happens to a lot of people uh it's called a dnf um 
And so Kincaid, being the animal he is, he caught back up to me and he was able to like run the last five miles with me, which was super encouraging and super awesome. And just like, was so great. So definitely is super cool when you get to run with your friends, but also for a day that long, like there's gonna be a lot of time that you don't get to spend with people. Um, so you're definitely, you know, in your head. And one of the cool things about ultra marathons too, like when you're running trails like that is uh, you're really staying present. You know, you're not listening to music or anything like that. You're just focusing like on the task at hand, like one foot in front of the other. And so um, just like kind of journeying, like some people call it like a pain cave or something where you're just like where everything hurts and you're just like there by yourself. Um, that experience is, can make you grow too, I think. And I think once you do that more, you get better at it. Um, so that's interesting because I would, I would have just assumed. In fact, I did just assume that you would be running with like AirPods in or or headphones, mm-hmm. especially on the longer ones. But you don't. You like yeah. to have it more yeah. natural. Yeah, like I, for all of my ultra marathons, actually, I don't think I've had any music. But for the marathons, you can put on music and stuff. Um, but for the for the ultras I haven't and then same with the Iron Man you can't have any music or anything for the Iron Man so you're just in your head the whole time or talking to somebody else that's doing it too and so yeah you just like get used to it I think yeah I guess if that's if that's what you know that's it's easier I want to get back to the Iron Mans uh but first I want to go back to the beginning and how because there's another thing that we have in similar a little bit the paths that we've taken Obviously, um, with me doing a lot of photo and video stuff and that becoming kind of my career now, um, Mm. and then you with running, both of those were motivated from the same place. Um, Oh. (laughs) uh, How did you... What was that motivation for you, Jimmy Gilly? (laughs) Um, Well, I was on my way back from that mission trip in Tanzania and somehow like it was it was 2014 I guess I stumbled upon Casey Neistat's videos and like he had some videos about running and stuff and I just thought it was like so cool because I had never been exposed to any running before um so I thought it was super cool watching Casey Neistat I was like oh this dude like runs a bunch like he seems like a cool dude and he travels a lot like somebody that you would look up to as like a senior in high school um, and so, yeah, I guess that, that very first introduction to running would be him. Which worked out for me because with Jimmy being one class ahead of me, he got to Union College the year before me and then I came and then he came into my room one night and was like, Caleb, watch this <laughs> super dope video by Casey, this guy named Casey Nice. I was like, who's that? Yeah. <laughs> and he showed me the, the do more like Nike commercial video that he made, one of his first yeah, videos that went viral. Um, yeah. I was like, oh, like I didn't even, I didn't even really watch YouTube at that point. Cause I just mm-hmm. like, I didn't even really know. And I was like, this Casey dude is pretty cool. He travels, he does filmmaking. And then I started making some videos and, and that, uh, I guess you could say that's history. It's history now. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. So I owe a lot of that to you. Well, I owe it to wow. Casey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so talk to me about the ultra marathons. How how different is that? Because and explain a little bit about like what are the extra uh, the extra factors that go into their extra types of uh, of racing and endurance that goes into that. Um. Yeah, I feel like the ultra marathons. Or sorry, not um, the ultra marathons. The Ironman. Oh yeah, Ironman. So Ironman was like I never like had a dream to do ultra marathons or anything like that. It's just something that I do. Um, but I feel like for a long time. I was always like, I think it'd be so cool to do an Ironman. And I guess for those who don't know, an Ironman triathlon. 
What's that? It's because Casey did it, isn't it? <laughs> I didn't even realize that he had done one or anything like that. But yeah, he did do triathlons and stuff. I don't even know where the motivation came from to do the Ironman, to be honest. But um, yeah, the Ironman is basically, it's a triathlon, so it's swim, bike, run. But it's like the, I guess, the longest one you could do. So you start by swimming 2.4 miles and then you get out of the water and then you immediately go into a 112 mile bike ride. Um, so you ride your bike for 112 miles and then you get off your bike and then you put on your running shoes and then you run a marathon, which is 26.2 miles. So that was always like my dream. I was like, that'd be cool to do one of those. And me and my friend Kincaid would always like talk about, it'd be cool to like, you know, go from like being like from the couch to Iron Man, like, you know, do it without like, you know, going super crazy into it. Um, so when I graduated college, my college present to myself or whatever, like my grad present was I signed up for this Ironman. Um, and at first I did a half and I did that, um, you know, without really training or anything. And that's a, a whole story in and of itself. I didn't know my bike at all that well. Um, so basically I start the bike ride and the bike ride is only 56 miles for the half. Only. And yeah, well, yeah, only, I guess like people that like are cyclists, you know, that's not like a, a bunch of miles or anything. But I just remember like it being super difficult, like from the very get go. And I was like, this should not feel that hard. But I was all hyped up. I was like, I got to get going. Like I have this race to do or whatever. And so I'm going into the bike ride and um, the bike ride takes me forever. I'm, I'm swear I was in last place. I think I technically DNF'd on the bike course on the half Ironman um, because I couldn't get the job done. I didn't know what was going on with my legs. I was like, I shouldn't feel this bad. I was very confused. And so... Um, then, you know, I'm, I go into the run and, and I'm exhausted by the run. So then you just grind it out and finish it. And so I get my bike and I go to leave uh, once the event is done. I'm rolling it out there. I notice it's not going. Like it's like it's like something's caught. And then I noticed that on my back, the brake pads were, were on. They were rubbing. <laughs> so it was like I did the bike ride with brakes on the whole time. So I was like, dang it, like I'm an idiot. <laughs> um <laughs> So then, you know, I had six months or whatever until the full. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna actually like really get ready, like get to know my bike a lot better, you know, do a bunch of hundred mile rides and just make sure I'm ready for it. Um, so I was able to do that. And, and luckily by the time, like it came to do the half, like, or the full, um, no big story for the, for the full day. Like the swim went great. It was fast. I was training a bunch for the swimming and then I did end up doing pretty good on the bike ride too and just had a good day. I was lucky I didn't get any flat tires or anything like that. And then by the time it was like time for the run, I was like, man, I have plenty of time to finish the run. Like it's just a marathon, like once you have already done that much. So yeah, you just grind it out and, and was able to finish and do the whole Ironman thing. And um, yeah, it was an awesome time. I highly recommend it. That was like the event I was like, I was so stoked for. And so um yeah that was awesome and that's one of the things that even if you're not like in the running sphere community like oh basically everyone knows what an iron man is or has a, at least has heard of it and so that's a yeah. really cool calling card to be able to say like oh, i can check that off i've done an iron man yeah yeah like i was like i want to do it like while i'm young like while i like i don't have like these like commitments and stuff like to like you know have to spend like it's because it, it's a you need to spend quite a bit of time training for it um, or else you're 
like you know there's a 17 hour cutoff and if you want to make that cutoff like i feel like you have to respect the event and so i finished i trained for i feel like i trained pretty good for it i finished in 14 hours 59 minutes and 48 seconds so Oof, it still took me quite minutes. a bit of time so so what would you say uh if your break breaks are not rubbing the back uh what would you say the most difficult part of the most difficult yeah aspect or part of the triathlon is um it's definitely going to be the run um yeah. what what they what i've heard is the race doesn't really start until you're 80 miles into the bike ride and so just because you're able to do the swim so the swim took me like it for the 2.4 mile swim we did it in the ocean there in panama city beach florida and it took me maybe like an hour and a half um so the swim is fast like i felt good about the swim and you're not like drained by then either so you're able to finish the swim you know eat some food and go on the bike um, and then while you're on the bike, it's easy to like keep fueled up and keep ready to go. So they say it doesn't really start till you're 80 miles in. So obviously once you get that to that 80 mile point, you're probably going to start feeling fatigued and tired because you've already had like a long day. Um, cause most of the time of the race is obviously spent on the bike cause that's 112 miles. But so the run, it turns out being a grind, like, like when people say, Whoa, you did Ironman. Like that's like cool or whatever. I'm like, yeah, like it's cool, but you know. You could do one too if you just train for it. Um, I thought the most funny thing about my Ironman experience was I, I think it was like 24, 25 miles into the run. <laughs> like this legit 80 year old passed me. Like he, he zoomed past me. And I was just like, how embarrassing. Like this dude is passing me. And the only reason I knew how old he was was because I, like my mom was at the finish and I was like, did you see that guy finish before me? How old was he? Because they announced your name and age and stuff. Um, so yeah, I think it was, I thought it was so funny and it just goes to show like if you just put the time in for it, like really anybody could do it. I'm not special because of it or anything like that. It's just something that I decided to do, you know? That's really cool to see. And also like sometimes stuff like that can be demotivating, I'm sure, but also it can definitely be more motivating. <laughs> yeah, it's that. at least humbling, you know? Yeah, for sure humbling. <laughs> yeah, you can't think you're the stuff having this 80 year old guy pass you, <laughs> you know? <laughs> So what's the, what's your training process like? Oh, I'm probably the worst person to ask about training. I'm That's very intuitive. Say, because every time, so like, since, of course, since Jimmy and I have been friends for a long time, a lot of times, like, if we connect or see each other, like, I'll ask him about races coming up. And I feel like every time I ask him, he's always like, oh, yeah, I should uh, probably get training for this one. It's coming up in a couple weeks and I haven't really been running much lately. I'm like, how, how does that work? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know like yeah I I feel like I'm always undertrained for like anything I do I guess first of all but it still works um, out for you obviously yeah isn't that weird I don't know how I've gotten lucky with this stuff um so yeah like at the moment I'm I'm quite worried because I signed up for a hundred mile race that's like the first weekend of December obviously like that's coming up like five weeks away or so and like i am 100 percent not ready like i have not trained enough for this like that's far 100 miles so, is wild yeah i don't know if i'll be able to do it or not so maybe like it'll finally catch up to me you know yeah we'll do a follow-up after after uh you're finished and see how far you made it <laughs> yeah uh, what are your uh, what are your uh 
what's like your your pre-race rituals or, or foods that you you chow down before the night before or what's that oh yeah that's the best part like <laughs> like before and after like i feel like calories aren't a thing um so i feel like the day before and stuff like i'm like classic middle class fancy like night before something i, I love love some olive garden really? some bone you apple tea yeah garden. the olive garden because you can just get like all those good carbs and then you know you get you load up on salad and then take your half your entree home and then you have like a whole other entree later it's just like the the value for the carbs shout out olive garden this podcast brought to you by olive garden (laughs) (laughs) um but i mean like donuts are good too i've been known to eat donuts probably before every race i've ever done um what's uh what's your go-to donut i mean that's a good question uh probably boston cream um yeah probably boston straight up glazed is good too that's my favorite 420 glaze it on the donuts (laughs) (laughs) i don't know yeah (laughs) but just anything like that like you just want to not overeat too much of course but like just make sure that you have plenty of carbs in your body um if that's your thing um i like the glycogen some people are like fat adapted and keto and stuff like that and they do really good too uh that ain't me but i don't know (laughs) um i have like Two more specific questions, and then a couple a couple stories. Um, that'll just be super quick. But what is, if you have something, what is one of the things that that people who don't run much, um, one of the things that people who don't run would never expect about like running a marathon or ultra marathon, yeah. like maybe something that's not <laughs> obvious at all. Yeah. So the ultra marathons, like. Um, so for example, I just finished a 50 mile ultra a couple days ago, three days ago. And, um, people don't realize that like you're eating a lot throughout it. Like you have to like keep getting the fuel in. Um, so throughout like an ultra, like I'll be eating candy, like whatever will go down. Like I have like, obviously like the more traditional, like cliff, like honey stingers, like all these different things, like the, uh, you know, traditional but then, like, you know, you'll do, like, the Sour Patch Kids, too, and, like, the Sweet Tarts and that you're stuff. Just like, I feel like it's so just... much energy, so you need to take all that sugar and, and calories. Oh, back. yeah. Yeah, like, that, like, for the 50-mile or a few days ago, I burned over 9,000 calories. Like, I weighed myself the day before the event, and I weighed myself the day after, and I lost five pounds. Holy cow. Yeah, so you're just burning through all of it, so, like, you just you have to put something in the tank while you're running, you know, that's wild. Um, So I guess that's the um, biggest thing. Yeah. is like food, you know, you got to have it, especially candy. If you're And that's something, especially before I had friends who were running or knew anything about it. Like I, I didn't like, (laughs) it wasn't obvious to me that people running marathons and stuff had to be eating while they went Mm -hmm. because they're depleting some energy. Um, but going off of that, tell me just quickly for people who don't run, how, if, how do you get started and what's what's the mindset and the process of of starting to run longer and longer distances yeah so i feel like sports are a great way to get into running because that's like the most fun you can have while running like for me like like playing like full court basketball or something like that like that's so much fun or playing soccer and you have to run a lot to be good at that so um 
yeah just like maybe starting with a sport that like requires running would be a good start and then you know once you're like actually starting to enjoy it and like feel like you're at like a good fitness level and maybe like go out for like a longer run or something like that and you know don't make it like too much pressure on yourself or don't make it so it's not going to be enjoyable so you know just make sure you have like a comfy pair of shoes to run in or you know have some headphones like listen listen to a playlist you like or i like to listen to podcasts for a lot of my longer runs because it keeps like my mind engaged you know are you telling me so, that you're gonna start listening to the caleb hawkinson podcast while you go running <laughs> i would listen to the caleb hawkinson experience while i ran that's for oh, sure true, true. My, my bad. <laughs> you keep messing up the name <laughs> yeah all good stuff um last question about running in a more broad broad sense for like your life in general how does it make you a better person it's a very general question but it's still applicable to all areas that that we take this much time out of our lives to to devote to something it clearly is making us better in in some sort of aspect so how has that been for you yeah i guess like um running gives and takes so i feel like you know going out and doing a hard run afterwards like you feel better you have endorphins and stuff like you'll probably be like a nicer person um but then also like just like having a support system around you too like it's kind of a selfish sport because you're out there like you know doing this for you and so i don't know like it always blows my mind all the people that like will always like support me or encourage me and stuff like that or say that i'm encouraging them and stuff like that i think it's so like nice of people when they say that um but yeah i don't know probably just the effects that it has like on you day to day just making sure that you know for me at least I feel like I have a lot of energy and I have to you know expend it so probably just like for my mental health and sanity I I run a lot you know I think it's that's probably it you know and I I really enjoy it it's like your creative power yeah like you can run and like you can do so many things like you can think and like really like think about something while you're running or you can run and just like totally lose yourself in something that you're doing too. Um, and you know, even like the longer runs, um, you, I think you kind of tap into like a flow state or like something that's kind of crazy because like when I finished that 50 mile the other day, it took me 12 hours and 54 minutes. But if I had to like think about it now, you know, it didn't feel like that long and the laps just kind of peel by and time is like kind of like this weird thing. I don't know. But you just have to like experience that, I guess. But yeah, definitely. That is a, a very interesting feeling. It's something you wouldn't necessarily expect. But that's also uh, kind of the bright side for people who are thinking about running, but they think, oh, this will be the worst thing in the world. Or if they're running like two or three miles a day, like two or three miles is awful. How could I ever do 10 miles or 15 miles yeah. or a half marathon or a full? Um, but understanding that like that, there is that, that plateau in a good sense that you just get in a zone and you just go. Yeah, eventually for sure. Like also I feel like you can't overthink it and it is gradual. So like, yeah, like just get out there. Like if you only do a couple miles that day, that's fine. Like you, you did something, you know, be proud of that. And then like, if you did like a longer distance, like that's good too, you know, but you know, don't just like not taking it too seriously and just enjoying it, I think is super important too. Yeah, like so then that, you don't get yeah. burnt out or anything like that. So quick um, question. 
do you know, I don't expect an exact number, but an estimate of how many total miles that you've run in races? <laughs> I mean, I could probably do some quick maths, but in races only? Uh, I mean, if you can do, if you can do the math with just uh, thinking, like, total, total, then yeah, because that'll, that'll be more impressive. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I haven't done that much. You run way more in training than you do in races. So if I've done, like, yeah. four marathons, like, that's probably, like, you know, that's, like, a little bit over 100 miles. I've done three 50Ks, right? Three? I think three. So that's, like, you know, 93 miles. I've done... 250 milers so that's 100 miles right there yeah, like 300 so you know already. we're basically at 300 miles right there Jeez. and then you take like the iron man run that's another half marathon you take a couple of half marathons i've done i don't know probably like probably like 400 miles in races yeah so after which, after your 100 miler coming up you'll be close to half a century of of races of miles. Yeah, yeah, and that'll be like a twenty percent increase too. Yeah, that's so that, like yeah, for that's race exactly. miles. I mean, that's if I finish the hundred miler. I'm not confident yeah. at this point. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll check back with you. Um, Shout out to my uh, buddy Kincaid though. He finished his uh, first ever hundred miler and got second place. So that's insane. He's that's insane. awesome. Mad yeah. respect. Mad respect. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of the all of the the running stuff that I was interested in in asking and, and hearing about. Um, so if you want to hop off the podcast now, you can. But there's a couple stories, a couple of things that I forgot to mention at the beginning that I want to bring up. Uh, yeah. For, you know, bonus content. Bonus <laughs> um, content. Going back to, <laughs> going back to us being Garden. in Pompeii, uh, there's like <laughs> a couple... Well, first of all, there's a couple things that I loved at the very beginning. So when we went as student missionaries to Pompeii, it's, a, it's an island in, in Micronesia in the Pacific Ocean. Um, and so we have a week-long training in Hawaii before we get there. Super difficult, mm-hmm. you know, being on Hawaii for a week, all expenses paid, ugh, the worst. So hard, um, yeah. <laughs> but, Jimmy, one thing I've always noticed about you, uh, you showed up to Hawaii with a different colored Bass Pro hat for every one of all five of us that we're going. And even yeah. since Pompeii, like half the time I see you, you're always wearing Bass Pro hats. <laughs> what is a what is your obsession with Bass Pro hats? Bass Pro Shop, will you just sponsor me already? <laughs> like, stop playing games. <laughs> um, it started out as a joke, honestly. Um, my friend Judd, he always wore a Bass Pro Shop hat. Shout out Judd's. Um, and so one of our days off on camp, like we all went to Bass Pro Shop and got them. So like then like 10 of us like showed up to camp with the hat and like just like seeing his reaction, like he was just like, like it was so funny. <laughs> and like the reason why those hats are, are legit, well, like it's Bass Pro, it's awesome, but they're only three bucks. Yeah. That's so crazy. if you like want a hat to train in or just want a hat to fish in, you don't care like what happens to it. Um, like that's like your go-to hat because if you need to just throw it away. Like I've probably gone through so many of those hats, you know, like I have two here now and I'll probably have to replace my black one soon. Cause I just did a race in it and it's gotten some yeah. miles and yeah, If you guys it, listening yeah. to the podcast, if you see the, the, the picture for this podcast, Jimmy's also wearing the picture of him at his race. He's wearing a Bass Pro hat and that that yeah. photo as well yeah um, i did the um, bass pro i did the iron man in the bass pro shop i just 
for us pro shop hat i just did the uh the 50 miler in the bass pro hat it's it's essential you do need to be sponsored um the other biggest memory i have from being in hawaii is towards the end of our time there when we were about to fly out to the island we stopped by starbucks first um and i think you know what i'm we were in there there's like a few of us jimmy was over uh by the side like the cupboards checking out some of their like mugs i don't know if it was like the ben there series or what but he was checking out these starbucks mugs and (laughs) You either dropped one or accidentally knocked one off the shelf, and it, like, fell to the floor and completely <laughs> shattered, extremely loud. Every single person in the Starbucks looked over at you, <laughs> and I just remember you, you turning around, like, getting a little red, like, um, uh, I'll buy that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just remember, yeah, I was talking to my dad on the phone, like, I was checking it out, and I didn't know it wasn't secured in there, and it just fell out, I was just like, oh, like, and I, oh, like... <laughs> I was like, oh, so embarrassed. But then they didn't make me pay for it. So then I bought one anyway. I was like, you know what? Shout out Starbucks in Honolulu, Hawaii for being so cool about it. <laughs> I was really, yeah, that was funny. Oopsies. Sorry, Starbucks. <laughs> Good memories for sure. Yeah. Um, well, that about wraps it up. Uh, is there anything else that you want to you wanna mention, Jimmy? Oh, talk about... This isn't really related to anything, but another super dope thing that you've done is your Alaska fishing. So I don't know if we'll keep this in the podcast or not, if there's time for it, but uh, may as well talk about it. And yeah, so uh, like 2015, was it that you spent uh, a year or a summer in Alaska wild fishing? Yeah, yeah. So I went to Bristol Bay, Alaska and did some fishing. So commercial salmon fishing. So you're out there on a boat. Um, luckily, I had an, an Adventist pastor, so I got Sabbath off. But most people are out there seven days a week. But we'd be out there six days a week, um, you know, maybe sleeping for like an hour or two each day. Um, but yeah, you're just out there fishing as much as you can. Um, and that experience was so awesome. Like I because, you know, you're just like, first of all, like at the age where you're just like, dang, like you just want to adventure. Um, so like what's better than Alaska? Uh, and then secondly, like I wanted to make some good money that summer. Um, so going out there, you can traditionally make pretty good money fishing for the summer too. Really like it's only for actually like just over a month. It's not even the whole summer. Um, it's just when the salmon are running. Um, and that whole experience was awesome. Like you're the biggest, biggest salmon run in the world. Um, you see all types of wildlife. I saw beluga whales, um, humpback whales, uh, you're literally in the wild, like you're really out there in the wild. Um, and uh, yeah, like out there, you know, where all those deadliest catch boats are and stuff like that. So I don't know. I, I could tell a lot of stories about that. Thought I was going to die a couple times because um, big storms and stuff. Um, True. Yeah, you guys were just on a real small boat, right? Yeah, you're just on a small boat. Um, I guess if there's any story I'll tell, it's this one. It was actually the last night that we were fishing um huge storm was rolling in and our captain and his brother both had boats and so um we had just dropped off you know our load to the to the other boats or whatever the deadliest catch ones that hold all the fish um and then the brother's like yeah what are we gonna do it's like oh i think i'll stay in the cove or whatever for the night and then our captain was like cowbunga it is like we're going back (laughs) out um we were the only boat out there that night and like our captain like we 
we went to bed because there's nothing you can do besides just you know stay straight don't let the waves you know hit you on the side just you gotta stay straight with them so the captain was like okay i'll do this like you guys need to go to sleep for a few hours because we were just at the end of our rope with like all the sleep and stuff so i go down into the bow to like go to the bunk and like you know just lay down for a couple hours and i just remember um we were in there and then it would like be like you felt like your body was just like raised up because you'd be going over the wave and then you get slammed back down because then you'd be going you know down um the wave and then like that just like happened eventually i fell asleep but then our captain like he woke us up after the night um which is only like several hours because in alaska you know it's pretty much daylight 24 hours a day that time of year and um He's just like, yeah, sorry, guys. We shouldn't have spent the night out here. Um, it was really dangerous, but uh, we're just going to, you know, pull in this net, get the fish out and go. Um, so, you know, slowly but surely, surely we start getting the net in and we're picking the fish. And then it was just absolutely loaded because nobody else fished that night because, you know, everybody else stayed in. And so then he was like, I remember halfway through the net, he was like, sorry, boys, we're staying, we're fishing. Like he, I just saw like a weird look in his eyes. I was like, oh no, this guy's going to kill me. Um, and then, you know, the weather wasn't like, it had gotten a lot better by then, but it was still like kind of sketchy. And um, so we eventually, uh, because we're the only boat out there, we caught so many fish um, that day that what we, we had to do it's called deck loading them so we ran out of space underneath the boat to put the fish that we had to have it in the deck so we had so much salmon on the boat that it was like four foot thick on the deck like of salmon so i just remember that we took these pictures and stuff just like laying in them and swimming them because we had so many fish it's just the craziest thing um so that was awesome and then after that day we got to go home and be done with it but that was just like a crazy way to end that trip and you know, thought you were gonna die but then you hit gold or whatever so yeah that's awesome <laughs> that's yeah, alaska that's awesome. i guess did you have your uh, best pro hat with you while you were fishing you know what i think i left it in florida <laughs> no Big didn't missed bring opportunity. it i wore a beanie though because it got kind of cold out there all right well uh anything else you want to add um bass pro shops if you're listening sponsor your boy <laughs> Yeah, there's definitely going to be um, three people listening to this podcast. <laughs> that'd be nice. If the other one was Olive Garden too, sponsor me. Um, and then other than that, no, man, it was great talking to you. Yeah. Um, my Instagram's at jgilly3. I have a lot of those races and stuff on there if you want to check it out, if, if anybody made it this far. and um, Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. even yeah. if somehow you're listening to this and don't know Jimmy, hit him up for some, some running tips or advice or stories because he's got a lot. Yeah, thanks, bud, for, uh, yeah, for uh, especially being the the guinea pig, the first the first guest on this <laughs> podcast. Um, no problem. Um, yeah, and what what what's the date again for your hundred miler coming up? It's like I think it's December fourth. So I like, think so like a month and a half ish. No, it's like yeah, it's like forty four days away. Nice. So yeah, like a month and a half. Well, I'll definitely uh, hit you up before then and see how things are going, and also get yeah, to we'll see. <laughs> I have no clue. <laughs> that's the exciting part. <laughs> yeah, it is exciting. Like that's actually like honestly like very exciting to me. Is like that's such unknown territory. Like I just did fifty miles and felt so exhausted. Now like how does a hundred miles feel? You know, so I we'll see. certainly can't comprehend, but it's fun to watch and to hear about. <laughs>
True. <laughs> All right, bro. Well, I'll let you. I'll let you get out of here. Thanks for taking the time. Sounds Thank good. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Have a great night. Thanks so much for sticking around till the end. I hope you learned something or laughed at least a little at one of the stories. Or maybe it doesn't matter. If you made it till the end, that says enough. I already have a few other episodes planned with people to talk about uh, things like international development work, hiking the Pacific Crest Trail, and film and photo freelance work and the challenge of creating a freelance brand while still in school. So make sure to follow this podcast to be alerted for when those come out shortly. I'm so stoked that you stayed till the end and listened, and I hope you have a great day.